Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. Listen, the, the dream team is awesome because we get to find out our, our identity, right? One of the things that we do through the dream team is help with a personality test and a spiritual gifts test. And I'll be honest, the first time I took it, uh, I tried to cheat because my identity was that big of a deal. When I took the test, I did not get the spiritual gift of pastor. I was like, well, guess I'm not supposed to go up here anymore. Like, I, you know how you get into those thoughts where you're like, I didn't get what I wanted, so I probably shouldn't continue doing what I'm doing, right? And we just have these negative thoughts. I identified with it so much so that I tried to scribble out the numbers that I put originally so I could actually cheat to get the, the gift pastor. God's probably looking at me like, dude, on now just ask for it I say you can ask for a gift and I'll give it freely right but no that's not me I tried to cheat on it right and I'm convinced if you work at Starbucks trust me I love you guys but I'm convinced that they like to mess with our identities just as much has anyone gone in with one name and they gave you another it's like what how did you even get that kind of name look I just found a couple of examples so if you look at this one this is this is a cool one so it was supposed to be Yvonne and Caitlin, just so we're clear, Yvonne, Caitlin, that says Evan and Kitten. I don't know what Evan and Kitten are doing or what the baristas were thinking like, oh, got it, Evan, Kitten. And it's like, uh, I don't know. What about this one, Aaron? I like this one. I know there's a big debate between E-R-N and A-A-R-O-N, but there's never been a debate about that. I've never seen someone spell Aaron. Like, there's no way that they did this. One of my favorite ones, I was like, this is a stretch. But check this out. Her name was supposed to be, her name's supposed to be Alana, and they put Ebola. Like, (laughs) what identity mismatch are you doing to get the name Ebola from Alana? Can you imagine holding a cup that says Ebola on it? And you're like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, just not happening. Right? But, But here's the reality. Our identity matters. Right, like our identity, I remember from eighth grade, there was a girl that was younger than me. We were in a chapel service, and I was sitting where I was supposed to be first, right, just ready to receive from the word. And um, she comes up, and she, my, like I, I'm having my legs stretched out ready just to receive again. But she looks at me, and she says, hey, can you move your sticks? And I was like, my stick? Like, what? So then I, I say, I don't understand what you mean. She said, your skinny legs, can you move your sticks? And I was like, dang, like in front of all my friends, right? And, and they might not have never known this, but I, I went to school with Aaron, and I would be wearing pants in 90-degree weather because I was that tied to her statement about my identity. Like, like that bothered me so much that throughout high school, I wore pants and made sure that no one saw my sticks, Right? And that, that's crazy to think about how much our identity matters, but that's exactly why I want to talk about it today. And I believe that we're introduced to a couple identities throughout uh, Chosen, the first episode. First, we're introduced to Matthew. He's an ostracized tax collector. Nobody likes him. He's a guy who's stealing from his own people. Next, we're introduced to a guy named Simon, who's a desperate fisherman. And he makes desperate moves because of his desperation, right? That's what you do. When you have that kind of identity. Next is Andrew, and he's a prideful sufferer, right? He's that guy who's like, everything's wrong, and then you ask to help them, and they're like, nah. It's like, 
okay, I guess, I guess not. And then we meet Nicodemus, an elite religious figure. And today, we'll be following the storyline of a demon-possessed prostitute. Aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> Listen, but I, I truly believe the big question I want to answer is, why does your identity matter? Why is it such a big deal to be called what you're called or to even call yourself what you're calling yourself, right? Like, like Terrence said, it's, it's so a man thinks he is. And I want to make sure that we get our identity right because here's, here's the first thing if you want to write this down. Identity drives what you do. Identity drives what you do. How do I know this? I know this because we watched the episode together. If you haven't, I would, I would ask you to watch it. It's an amazing series. But we see Matthew, the tax collector, his identity is a tax collector, so he makes moves like a tax collector would. He tries to sneak through a crowd. He tries to make sure that no one sees him. He's scared of his people because he knows he's cheating him. That's his identity. Simon, a desperate fisherman, is, is desperate, so his identity forces him to go fishing on a day that it was against the law to do that, as so we see in the episode, right? Uh, maybe the identity of a first parent or a, a, like your first child versus your third child. How many of y'all know you act differently? Right? I watched my, myself. I got to hear stories about myself, but my sister is the third. So this is how it related. Right? If I dropped my binky or pacifier, whatever you call it, I, I would have, my mom would boil that thing. Like, there's no germs on that thing ever. My sister, on the other hand, the actions were different. She, we went into Tractor Co. Supply with one pink boot, a diaper, and nothing else. Right? And that's just the third child. We're just kind of like, yeah, she's here with us. Binky drops. Oh, put it back in. Right? Like, there's, it's just different when we identify as that even in our parenthood. Maybe as a Lyft driver, right, you got a Lyft sticker and you want to cut somebody off, but you remember you got the sticker. You're like, oh, dang. Like, I identify as a Lyft person. If I cut them off. It's no good. So it's actually saved me a couple times. But what I want to talk about is the idea that you may have been wrongly identified. Right? You might have been identified by someone, or you might have been identified by something that happened to you, which we'll see in this episode happens to the character we're following, or maybe even yourself identified as something that really isn't you. Right? And I want to just encourage you, this is what our God identifies us as. Genesis 1, 27 says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. We are made in the image of God. That is our identity. So let's, let's be careful to not get caught up in the identity illusion, right? If you're taking notes, that's the title, because why, what is the illusion? The illusion is believing what someone, even yourself, or something has told you over what God has told you. And it's very easy for us to do that, and I want to talk into that. But what, what does God say about us again in our identity? Isaiah 43, 1 through 2 says it this way. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through... The rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set, or the fire will not set you ablaze. Let's check out this first clip about how this verse mattered so much in ancient Jewish time. Why can't you sleep? I'm scared. Of what? I don't know. Hey, what do we do when we are scared? 
We say the words. Adonai's words. From the prophet. Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah writes. Thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not. Come now. I want to hear you sing. I want to hear your pretty voice. Come. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are mine. That's right. a common practice we see this little girl so I'm trying to set the scenes if you haven't seen it yet we see this little girl who's reciting scripture and then 28 years later finds herself with blood on her hands and not knowing what has gone on with her life right this is the story of a girl named Lilith and if you've seen the episode you know that's not her real name but that's what she's identified as right because of what has happened in her life and it was a common practice to recite scripture over your life. And I can't encourage you enough how important it is to say scripture over whatever your current situation is. But some of y'all might ask, I've seen the episode, doesn't she say it later and rip it up? And it's like, yeah, yes, yeah, she does. And that might, make, uh, that might lead you to believe that the scripture really isn't powerful. And I don't think that's true, but this is what I do think is true. The power of scripture comes from a savior. Right, the reason our scripture is so powerful is there's a God behind it. The scripture by itself is not what holds me. It's the God who told everyone to write down what was written. So the, the power of my scripture comes from a savior. Right, and the way I can, I can think of this is a smartphone. Right, a smartphone has more tech than the Apollo 11 spaceship had. Right, that's a lot of technology, but without a power source, there's so much untapped potential. Right, and I read this in an article from the Independent News article, 2019. It said, processing speeds of Apollo 11 ran at approximately .043 megahertz. The latest iPhone's processor is estimated to run at about 2,490. Apple does not advertise the processing speed, but others have calculated it. This means that the iPhone in your pocket has more than 100,000 times the processing power of a computer that landed man on the moon 50 years ago. Without a source of power, the iPhone is untapped. I would say the same thing about you and me today. Without some source of power, we have so much potential that is untapped. We have so much of our identity that God still wants to reveal. But we need to be plugged into the source. Uh, Paul says this to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians 3, 19 through 21. He says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God, now to him who is able to do so much more than we all ask or imagine, according to what? According to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in, the Christ, or in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. 
Amen. It's the same with the scripture. It's the same with the iPhone. It's the same with what that person tried to tell you, what, what your opinion or what your circumstances try to tell you. That has no power in the end. What does have power is Christ working within me. And if we're not plugged into the source, we will not have all the power that we were made to have in Christ Jesus. And that is the good news about an identity that's connected to Jesus. We can ask for things. We can ask for healings. We can see God's miracles move. We can see our friends come to know Christ. Why? Because it's what's work at work within me. Right? And that is what excites me. Listen, the reason you are on Facebook today is because your phone had a power source. How much more do you need a power source to be able to do all that God has called you to do? I wrote it this way, a connection to God is where we find our identity. But isn't it so easy to let other things identify us? It's so, there's, there's, it's life experiences, there's things that has happened to you, there's things that have been said about you, there's things that you've said about yourself and I want to talk about why that happens. We see the same thing happen to Mary in this next clip. Check out how her life experiences identified her. Papa? not recorded to actually happen in the gospel those two instances but we can see how she's gotten the identity she now has right and maybe it's not written in the gospel but I bet a lot of us in the room can can identify with loss a lot of us can identify with the loss of someone that was close to us maybe it was too young maybe something where it just it was like it wasn't supposed to happen this way and we can get identified and twisted in that is who we are is just a person of loss maybe it's not loss you're dealing with maybe it's the, you identify with the abuse, right? I'm not saying just, just physical, although that could be the truth. Maybe it's just verbal. Maybe it's just mental. Maybe it's just a long stuff that's happened to you, whether it was from your parents or your parents' parents or something that has identified you because of what was spoken over you, right, or what has happened to you. And, and we see throughout this episode that what, what is not really her identity, she goes to a distraction. For Mary... She goes to drinks in episode one. She finds herself at the bar all the time. Although there's no bars recorded in scripture, this episode shows that she is in a distraction. And I don't know what you distract yourself with. Maybe it's with you want to hang out with friends all the time because you're like, I don't want to deal with the mess or what I'm really going through. Maybe it's you work a lot of hours because you know you really can't slow down and realize what is really going on on the inside of you. But what I can tell you is when you're wrongly identified, you will have distractions. So a good, a good assignment for me was, am I distracting myself? And if so, what am I identifying myself as? Because often the false identity and distractions go hand in hand. That's at least what we see in this episode. And I want to tell you this, that only God can enlighten 
my identity. Only God can truly show me what my identity is. My experiences can try. People's opinions have lasted. But it is my God who calls me by name. At the end of the day, this is the God that I serve. And as we finish up today, I just want to tell you about two truths in finding your identity and name in Christ. Number one is this. There is no shame in your real name. There is no shame in your real name. Some of you might be dealing with anxiety. Some of you might be in a place where you have depression. Some of you might actually have dealt with something that I haven't said, but the Spirit's putting it on your heart right now. And I believe that there is no shame in that name. Why? Because we see Mary's story actually in Scripture. Luke 8, 1 through 3 says this. Soon afterward, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And also some of the women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Chezza, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Her real issue, her real identity was that she had demons. She had stuff on the inside that was bothering. We all have something on the inside that might be bothering us today. But the reality is there was no shame in that real name because we see that from that name, Jesus was able to bring her into a new place. So I want to encourage you, God, Jesus will always take you as you are. Don't try to be, I got to come to church this amount of times once I get through the dream team, once I, I raise my hands in worship. No, no, no. He takes you today right where you're at. It does not matter where you are, how you got here, or what you did last night. He is here for you just as you are. God will always take you as you are. Number two is this. Knowing your name, it changes the game. When you know your actual name, it will change the game. Mary of Magdalene, when she found her true identity in Christ, this is what we see her role is in Scripture. Check this out in John 20, 16 through 18. It says, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned, to, uh, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciple, I have seen the Lord and what he had said these things to her. We see Mary be the first person to ever share the gospel after Jesus was resurrected from a tomb. The woman who was demon-possessed, the woman who we would all say is, I don't think God could use that because we say the same thing of ourselves, right? God couldn't use this. But in reality, this is the first woman we see that actually shares the gospel with the disciples and says, hey, Jesus is alive. I saw him. This is the news that he told me. So God will always take you as you are, but he will never leave you there. So don't feel like if you're stuck in a position that you have to stay there. If you, if you feel a call of your life today, of God to move in your life, he will take you as you are, but he will not keep you there. And that is a promise I have seen. See how both of these play out in this last clip as we finish out as Lilith, a.k.a. Mary, finds her true identity in Jesus. Go ahead and play that clip. Elias, we should talk, huh? Oh, what, huh? It's going to scratch me too. Oh, come on, not now. So see. Not now. I, she smells anyway. 
I don't know what else I can do to help you. Give me that. Lots of it. That's not going to solve your problems. It's meant to distract from no them. No more preaching. Just give it to me. Lilith, please listen to what I'm says the Lord who created you and he who formed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You distraction in hand, with the identity she thought she was, God called out to her. Jesus called out to her, and when, when you realize your true name, when you find your real identity in Christ, it causes you, just like Mary, to drop the distraction and head towards him who can truly identify you, the only one who can identify you. And I just want to end with this last saying. This is something that I, I, I pray that you would hold close to you is this. Faith should influence fact. Your faith should influence the fact. Here's the fact she was demon-possessed. Here's the fact she was in this episode a prostitute. But here's the faith that said Jesus decided that I would see her pure in my sight. That I would see her not as who she called herself, but as who I've called her to be. And I don't know about you in the room tonight, but maybe some of you guys, the fact is you're barren. The fact is that you're dealing with something that you, the, the doctors have said it's a low chance that you would even conceive or have a baby. But, but the faith part of me would like to remind you that Abraham and Sarah had the same story. 
that there was a fact that they weren't supposed to conceive. There was a fact that they weren't going to have kids. But yet God said, in faith believe that you will have sons and daughters as numerous as the stars. That's where the faith says. Maybe your fact says I'm insecure. I remember a guy in my Bible named Moses who stuttered, but he called him in faith to free a whole land because of not who he thought he was and the facts that he had, but the faith that it took to trust that our God really had an identity for us. I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe you feel weak, but God says my power in you is made, my power is made strong in your weakness, right? I don't know where you're feeling. Maybe you're dead inside. But can I remind you the fact is that our Savior was dead. And to everybody else, it looked like there was no coming back. We'd lost. But the face said three days later, the faith that said, I'm going to rise again. The faith that said, I don't know what's going on inside of you, the dead that might be in you, but there is life welling up, not because of who I am, but the power of Christ in me. That is the power I rely on today. That's the faith I have to get on this stage. The fact is, I feel inadequate, but God says in faith, you've got it. I will speak. You don't have to. Just show up. And I'm asking you today, would you just show up? Would you show up to his house? Would you show up to his door? Would you say, God, I want another chance. I know I've been doing this thing and I've asked you forgiveness 60 times, 60 times, but I'm asking again. I'm coming to you again. I'm drawing near and your promise is that you would draw near to me too. That is my God, Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now this is what the Lord says. He created you, O Meg. He who formed you, Patrick. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Whatever your name is, fill it in on that blank. When you pass through the waters, when things feel like you're drowning in your situations, he's with you. When you feel and when you pass through rivers, they will not sweep over you, right? The rush of 2020 and 21 just feels like I'm being tossed and turned left and right. But what does he say? That it will not sweep over me. When I walk through the fire, when I've gone through trouble at work, when I feel like I'm owning a business and I don't know what to do because it seems to be failing and I'm, I'm getting depressed because I need to provide for families. I don't know who that is. Whatever fire you're walking through today, he says, the, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. That is the truth of our God. Listen, there is no shame in your real name. And true, when you give God your real name, gosh, it changes the game. I promise you it changes the game. I've seen it in my life and so many others. And I want to invite you to that same opportunity. If you have not identified with him, with everyone bowing your heads and closing your eyes, I've got to give an opportunity for someone to find their identity in Christ. Some of us have been going to all the wrong things. Some of us have tried everything. And now it's time to say, God, I, I trust you today. I want you to tell me who I am, not my circumstances, not myself, and not even the people around me. Would you tell me who I am today? That identity is found through a saving grace in our Savior Jesus. And listen, I'm going to go on the count of three, and at three, I just want you to lift your hand if you want that new identity in Christ. He says, the old is gone, the new has come. If that is you today, one, this is the best decision you could ever make. Two, your identity will not be found in anything else but in Jesus. And three, if that's you, can I see your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're moving in this place. As we end today, would you just all pray with me? Would you just turn your hands towards heaven? It doesn't need to be right in the air, but it's a sign of receiving something.
And I believe we need to receive from God this morning. So if you would pray after me, dear God, thank you for sending your son, for dying a death that I don't have to die for. I deserved it, but you took my place. I identify with your death and with your resurrection. Would you bring new life in me and guide me throughout my days? I love you, and in Jesus' name, 